Hey there, welcome back to Feed Me Your Construction Content. I am Carolyn McMahon. And I am Joshua McMahon. We've got part two. We're going to start this episode off with William talking about the credit bureaus, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, and some of the stuff that they were doing that got him in a little bit of trouble that could have created issues with your credit when it came to buying. So without further ado, let's kick it off. Let's do it. Huh. Uh, like judgments, for example. They stopped that in 2015 because they were getting in trouble. They were, imagine this, violating the Fair Credit Reporting Act. No, not Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, you know. <laughs> but they were some gross reporting errors because they were not getting that data directly from the localities. Look, there are about 3,000 localities in the U.S. between cities and county governments. And ain't none of them going to be reporting any of their stuff to Equifax Changing Experience because Equifax Changing Experience charge fees. Oh. If you want to report something to them, you got to pay for that. Okay? Wow. So none of the localities are going to do that. So what Equifax, what the credit bureaus were doing, they were hiring this third-party service, LexisNexis. I don't know how in the world LexisNexis makes money, but they are the ones that pull public records in. And so the credit bureaus were using LexisNexis data to throw judgments and public records on credit reports. Well, they were not accurate. And you can't put something on there that's not from the source. You can't rely on a third party to provide information on a credit report. It has to come directly from the creditor in or, or otherwise a violation of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And so that's why I said, well, forget it, where it's not cost effective for us and we're just going to drop it. And so um, I tell you what, back then, a lot of people were celebrating because their score shot through the roof overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I was a um, a beneficiary of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd have thought if it was, but but, uh, but that's just an example, you know, another example of why why it's important. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, yeah. we were talking about the, the banking kind of just weirdness on how you get qualified. Like what you said, you may think that you're doing the right things or you're canceling a mm-hmm. credit card. I got pissed off at, I think, Target one time and I canceled their credit card. I'm like, oh, you're not getting my business. And I canceled my credit card and my score dropped by about 100 points because I canceled yeah. a credit card. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. I <laughs> it 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 is just it it's nonsensical at times. So you, I think you do need, you know, a trusted partner to kind of guide you in what credit decisions you need to make. Yes, and even just how you file your taxes. I mean, a lot of DIYers are going to have maybe self-employed, right. and uh, especially the smaller mom and pop. They might be more of a subcontractor. You know, a lot of times what I'll you know recommend is, you know, get your taxes done, take every single deduction you possibly can, but don't file it until after we I have a chance to look at it. And we'll we'll see what we have to tweak or what income goal should you have mm. in order to qualify for what you want to do. Well, well right, because you, you've got to show income. You've got yes. <laughs> otherwise you're not credit worthy. So you know it's that weird game you play. Man, that is great. A great point to bring up because how many people are self-employed that don't make any money or make on paper ve- or make very <laughs> right. little money be- yeah. and not not that they're doing anything illegal. That's that's the tax code that they're following. So exactly. th- that's the that's money right. they're making. Yes. But that's going to hurt them right. when it comes time to buy a home. Right. Right. How far that's in advance right. should a self-employed individual be reaching out to you 
to have X number of tax years to, to be able to qualify? Yeah, we need a couple of years. Um, now, if they're in business for five years and have good credit score, some of them can just go on the most recent tax filing, most recent year tax filing. I, I usually tell people, look, it's good to start six to 12 months before your goal. If your goal is to start building house, then reach out six to 12 months before that. If you're self-employed, it's usually a good idea to do it before you file your taxes in the current tax year. Now, we're mm. past that point now, and you may not have filed them yet. So if it's filed, it's done. You, there's really nothing you can do about that. Um, but we can certainly look at what you did and then get you prepared for the next year. Mm-hmm. And so then 2024 rolls around and you're filing your 2023 tax returns that get your CPA to write off everything. Okay. We'll look at it and we'll say, okay, you qualify for a hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Well, shoot, I don't have 300,000 to put down. So that's not going to work. <laughs> so we'll talk about, well, let's take off this deduction, that deduction. Well, I tell people all the time, look, I don't want to get you in trouble with the IRS. You just need to talk to your your tax advisor. Um, don't if they tell you not to do what I'm recommending, then don't do it. But see, the IRS does allow a person to file amended tax returns. Mm-hmm. And the subsequent tax year, you can file amended returns to correct where you did not take certain deductions. Oh, you just interesting. Sure you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You just want to make sure you put that far enough out that it's about a, you know, a year later. Because that's not going to raise any red flags for the IRS because it's un, it's not uncommon when you file taxes for a, a new year that you may file an amended return for the previous tax year because sure. a, a maybe an error was found, omission was found, or something was missed. And then we can tweak it or maybe somebody changed tax advisors and they they look at it and say, hey, you know, you could have done this and this and this, yeah. and I can get you a little bit more refund from that tax year. We just file an amended return. Um, because these things are audited. All loans are audited post-close. You know, they're up to six months after you close and they're going to, they could pull transcripts again. They could, they want to make sure that the month after you closed on your loan that you didn't file amended tax returns. That's not good. Okay. That does not look good. Okay. So there are ways to help self-employed people taking into context, the understanding that the IRS tax code does write off income to a point where allow you to. Yeah. So you don't show much. Um, it's to help, you know, incentivize people to start small businesses. That's the bread and butter of our economy is small businesses. And the tax code is is arranged to do that. It's just on the mortgage side of things, you know, I guess the IRS says, well, you can write it off. And then on the mortgage side of things, we'll get you on that. Uh, but I always tell people <laughs> we are not the IRS police. I, everything I'm doing is looking at what do we need to do to make the loan work? And then if you have to tweak some things, that's why I always say, go back to your tax advisor to make sure the strategy is going to work for you. We don't want you, excuse me, we don't want to get you in trouble with the IRS. Well, for sure. And nothing that you suggested is illegal. You're, you're simply saying to, no, it's not. to show the income that you've made to qualify for the loan that you're, you're interested in. And then a year down the road, you file amended tax return for the deductions that you left off accidentally. And you need to yes. now put them on your tax return to to make your tax return accurate. I don't correct. I don't think there's anything illegal about that, and I'm mm-hmm. sure the the Pub 17 tax code would would support that. I filed an amended tax return, and I'm not a. I wasn't self employed or small business. It was it was something that I learned in the tax code from my own study and in, in doing it in the Navy. And I was like, oh, I messed that up. I need to go back and amend those tax returns and and get correct. my money. Correct. Yeah. Oh shoot, I forgot that deduction. Yes. I totally forgot to write that off. And it's legitimate. If it's legitimate deductions, we're not talking about making up deductions. We're talking about legitimate deductions the IRS allows you to take. You always have your, as long as you have your records, 
I've been audited Correct. six times. Oh, I'm not. I'm not lying. Oh my God! And, <laughs> really? And, have, and I've had this is back when you could take Schedule A deductions for non-reimbursed employee expenses, and uh, so I kept all my documents. And I think you know the IRS said we don't agree with this. You owe us fifteen thousand dollars. I'm like, nope. So I sent on my paperwork. It was like a hundred and seriously about one hundred and eighty pages that I overnighted to them. And all if you document your stuff, they came back and said, "Good job. You don't owe us anything." That's right. And look, they're after bigger fish to fry. I mean, you know, they've got two years of giving money away and printing money they're chasing after, you know, <laughs> about a hundred trillion dollars and, you know, fake people getting stimulus money. You know, they're, they're, that's what they're after, you know, but regardless, you always want to document whenever you take a deduction. <laughs> For real. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. You know, the, the document control, we, we've spoken about document control in this podcast. Like, I think document control is so critical in everything you do and your taxes, having really good documents. Now, when it comes time for banking and building our own home, like we've got our documents. We've got everything in a Google Drive, every single bid, every document is there. Then we've got a spreadsheet that says everything that we've captured. So it's like, I know where everything's at. We can quickly find it. We can quickly evaluate it. You're not. You're not guessing. We're not flying by the seat of our pants. So right. hearing you talk about good document control when it comes to the IRS just further cements the need to have good document control and and not just a, a scribble pad and everything inside your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and that and you're experiencing this to get approved for the construction loan, they they're gonna underwrite the project. And it's a lot easier when you've got your stuff. You've got oh, all yeah. the documents to show, you your plans and specs, your architectural drawings, you got list of materials, you know, they, they do need to see that. And uh, if, if you've got it all in central location and, um, you know, it sounds like you could certainly advise people on how they can do that, then it's going to make going through the mortgage process or the approval process a lot easier as well. Look, going through and the mortgage. Sure anymore, even if it's just a regular mortgage. I mean, absolutely. You, you have to ask for all your stuff, you know. Going through the mortgage process is extremely excruciating. It's it's invasive. Yes. You're in our business, and we're like, yeah. damn it, one more document. But yeah. when I can, not on the road, but if once I pull over and I can go to my Google Drive and say, okay, they need the last W two. Yep, boom, here it is. It's emailed, and I can have it to that individual within thirty minutes. I know that on the other side, they're not always going to be as quick or responsive. But if I'm giving you the documents and I'm keeping that that mm-hmm. machine rolling, the throughput yes. is so much quicker. Or the potential for it to be quicker versus, shoot, I got to go find it. Let me go dig in my file cabinet. I think it's upstairs. Like when it's when it's digitally there, I see the email from Randy says, "Hey, we need your last pay stub." Like, yep, no problem. Here it is, Randy. Emailed, mm-hmm. done. Yep. And, and it just having and you know I haven't always been that way, but having the control and having it in one file, knowing where it's at, has been super super easy. It made this mm-hmm. process much easier on our side. As I'm. Hopeful it's made it easy on your side dealing with us. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty, you know, so not aggressive post date, but um, <laughs> it's certainly we made you made it. OK. And the fact that you organized helped that it's it's huge. You know, the, I mean, I can think of two loans here. We closed one yesterday, and one today. And the difference between the borrowers and how responsive they were is like night and day. Yeah. One thought us every step of the way. Why do you need that? I don't think you need that. Well, you know what? We're not going to be asking for it if we don't need it. We don't get <laughs> exactly. our joy out of asking for frivolous stuff. 
we ask for it because we need it. And it's the, in, the investor is going to want to see that in that loan to buy it. That's right. And so that one was almost last minute because these people fought us tooth and nail. And then they would say, well, we can't, you know, well, there's no phone number for us to call. And then so, and you guys, you know, experienced working with my teammate, Victoria, she looked up, went on the website, found the phone number to call, <laughs> called the number to ensure that that was the number they should call to get what we needed. And she sent it to them. <laughs> and guess what? They called and got what they needed. Yeah. And contrast that with the other one that we got a contract on. And obviously this is like already existing home. You, this is not like for new construction. Sure. But the point is being about having your stuff together. So this other one was we got the um, the contract on Monday the 18th. It was disclosed that day. The bar got signed everything that day. Victoria submitted to underwriting on Tuesday. That Friday title work came in. The following Monday, the appraisal came in. The next day, we had a clear to close from underwriting. Oh, Jeez. my one goodness. Week, one week. What do you, that, that borrower in an hour, just like you did, Josh, hey, Brandy, need my pay stub. Here you go. In 30 minutes, they got it. That's what this guy did. Every single time we asked something, we had it within an hour. Yeah. And we already asked for most stuff up front, like we did with you guys. Right. We already had a chunk. We know what our writing's going to need. Don't fight us on it. Give it to us in the format we need because we know they're going to need it. Yeah. And if you can get 90% of what Unrise is going to need up front, you can close a loan in a week. And uh, and what a difference. Yeah. What a difference. I wish I could just get those two to, you know, see, this is what happens when you. Right, when you cooperate. What's, right. Is, yes, there's got to be some cooperation. It's definitely a team effort. Yes. <laughs> got to pull their weight. And when you guys do how responsive you are, it makes it so much easier. And you got your stuff. You got your organized then it's going to make it a lot easier to get through it. And that's why I say six to 12 months, because look, it might take people a couple of months or so or a month or whatever, a couple of weeks to get organized, to put right. all that together. Yep. Okay. And that's why you don't want to like, we had somebody today this called, oh my gosh, it's perfect. I got it. I got to have it. They're, not, they're accepting offers till seven o'clock tonight. And we get the application at one o'clock, two o'clock. And then, oh, we got to go to a funeral. Well, you know, you got to be late. If you want to offer this, <laughs> you know, who wants to tell people that? They'll wait. Right? They'll wait. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They see this house. They get showed this house the morning of a funeral they're going to, and they want to put an offer on it. They haven't (laughs) done one thing yet to get pre-approved. Yeah. (laughs) So another reason to get that done way in the early process, you don't, you you, you, I hate to put that kind of pressure on people. You know, I'm like, I know you got to go to your funeral, but I got to have this now. I I, I want to help you get this house, you know, and just do it early. Don't wait. (laughs) I, I can't stress enough how important it is to trust the process. Mm. This is what it comes down to. If I don't trust you, then I shouldn't do business with you. If, Absolutely. If I do yes. trust you, then I'm putting every ounce of trust into your system and your process. William, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm Yeah, I might get frustrated during the process because I'm like, I've already sent you that paste up three times. But I'm like, it's going to take me 30 seconds to send you the paste up. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to send him an email to say... I sent you the pay stub. Go look it up. It's like, okay, but yeah, that's right. I probably did. He probably could have looked it up. I'm just going to do it because I'm, I'm ready to go, and I, I want you to keep going. If you have an issue, right. I'm going to clear that path, and you keep getting it because I trust your process and what you're doing. And more people you know, that do that, it'll be smoother. Yeah, sorry. Yes, but um, you know, the, the pay stub thing, just as an example, we really do work hard not to ask for something we've already asked for. So if it is asked for again, a lot of times it's because it's in 
not in the right format. Sometimes we'll have an image that's not legible enough or maybe a portion of it's chopped off. Sure. You know, I saw a paste up today where somebody took a picture on their phone and sent it over. And it's like the, the employer's name's not on there. I mean, it looks like somebody could just type something up on a Word document and give us a paste up. So sometimes it's just the format or sometimes it may be that we need a, a more recent one. And in your mind, it's like, well, I already sent it. But we need a more recent one. Right. And that's understandable because you're having to provide so many documents. You could think I did send that. one. Yeah. No, that's, we do have that one, but it's the more recent one we have to get. As time progresses through a process, documents age out and we need to have more current documents. So it's certainly understandable why someone would think that they've already sent something. And we may we have it and we're asking for something because of format or something more recent. Yeah. Because you're just drinking through a fire hose when you're having to come up with, what do I need? Now, what do I need now? And then I like to say this too, that's, you know, providing documents for a loan is like a period of discovery. Mm. You know, it's, uh, you know, peeling layers of an onion. The more you peel, the more you cry. <laughs> so, you know, the, you give us a bank statement and there's this big honking deposit on here that's totally out of character for your transaction history for the last 60 days. And we have to question it. We have yeah. no idea what it is, you know, where it came from. Now we have to question it. Oh, that came from, uh, I transferred that from my Merrill Lynch account. Uh, okay, now we need the Merrill Lynch statement. Right. right. <laughs> we get the Merrill Lynch statement and then $20,000 went in the Merrill Lynch statement. Well, where'd that come from? Now, thank God it doesn't happen very often. But I have had that, y'all, where we ended up with 12 <laughs> bank statements. Whew. Because they kept providing stuff and they just love moving money around. I mean, I guess they didn't have anything better to do in their life than move money every day of the week. And then when you get into certain loan programs, you have to source where it all the money, the paper trail. Yeah. And that paper trail is passed through three banks and two of two accounts at each bank. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's the other thing. When you get organized, y'all, please. I, I, my wife has a check-in. I'm, I have a check-in. She has a savings. I have a savings. We have a joint checking. We have a joint savings. We move money around because that's for that account and that's for that. And that pays the bill and that pays that bill. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, and then the statements don't cycle, right? In the same <laughs> yeah. day. You've got, now you got to get three bank statements because there's a cutoff is different. We're missing right here, you know. So that can be frustrating as well. And another reason why to get started early yeah. or to get your organize, organized early is we can counsel you. Yes. I mean, I've counseled people that start early enough to say, you know what? The best thing to do is just stop moving money. Why do you have why do you have money in three banks? Well, I don't, you know, if the bank goes under. Well, do you have $250,000 in each bank? <laughs> it's FDIC insured. It's okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you be all right. <laughs> let's just let's make your life easier. And let's just work out a one. It's only a two-month look-back period. And then sometimes people have a lot of cash. A lot of DIYs have a lot of cash. They have, they have ten thousand dollars and you know hundred porches of big Franklin's and all. <laughs> sure, not us, but you know you pop that in the bank. Well, then you got the large currency transaction report that the bank's going to have to do on you, and yeah. then we can't use a dime of it. So then we can say, look, go ahead. And I counsel people. Go ahead. Let's put that in the bank now, okay? And let it sit for two months. Yeah. While we work on some other things, because we only have a two month look back period, and we're not. That's not going to be in the radar screen two months from now. I think that's a great segue to to wrapping this up is is just the importance of reaching out to somebody like yourself because it's a no cost obligation to reach out and have a consultation just to just to understand what you guys offer, 
what your team's able to do and, and where the the potential borrower currently sits and what they need to do to be prepared. And, and right. I, I think it's so critical to have a guide, whether it be your career, your banking, whatever you're doing, and just really reaching out and, and capturing that. So, William, how do people reach out and find you? Well, you know, I, I just real quick thought that just popped in my head. Pre-qualification should be preparation. Mm. And so I think instead of having to get a pre-qualification letter, we're going to we're going to do preparation. Oh, I like that. That's what it's all about. And I and I, I just that just popped in my head. So thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> um, I'm going to use that the next time because people, you know, oh, I don't, I'm not ready yet, and they're scared to get judged, and they're scared they're going to get a, some black mark on them, and I'm going to turn them down. Like I don't turn people down. I'm a loan officer. My job is to make sure you make it to the closing table. When yeah. you get in front of the underwriter, you're going to be fine. Okay, but uh, reaching out is. Um, I mean, cell phone number, 804-502-5344. That's 804-502-5344. Uh, you can Google me, William Hendricks, Integrity Home Mortgage, and all kinds of good stuff's going to show up. If any bad stuff is, I don't claim any ownership to it. <laughs> That's right. But, <laughs> <laughs> just, just delete that part. But no, you can, it's, uh, I'm, I'm all internet. You know, William Hendricks, Mortgage Advisor, Integrity Home Mortgage. You'll, you'll find me online as well email address and and i've got a couple awesome teammates that help me so yep. you know if you reach out get my voicemail talk to shannon she'll get you on my calendar just delightful people agree my team yeah i absolutely am grateful for both of them yeah and they i couldn't do what i do with if it wasn't for them the, no there's no there's no doubt in our mind i think both shannon and victoria were were rock stars it mm-hmm. it never felt like we were being handed off. It never felt like it. Ne- it was never a bad feeling for us. We always felt comfortable, no matter what the case was, no matter who we called. We were uh, well helped, and I'm going to put all of your contact information in the bottom of the show notes so anybody can find you. I'll probably be sharing this on LinkedIn and other social platforms, and if you're on there, I'll tag you in that as well. And yes, I am. I am on LinkedIn. Well, cool. Then yeah, I'll definitely I'm- tag you in that so that we can get you in front of more people and. And we need to do uh we need to get on an Instagram live and, and do this on there too, because I think that could be really fun. Yeah, I am I'm open for that. I love this kind of stuff like you, uh Josh. I love to talk. I know you do. <laughs> That's why we got along so good. That's right. Look, y'all love us. Y'all love us so much. We get to do this again when your house is done. <laughs> Ooh. That's Ooh. great. If if we're still podcasting in a year, we would be glad to have you back <laughs> <That's> on. <right. laughs> Thank you so much, William. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Y'all. Thank you so much, Great sir. Appreciate you. you. Talk soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.